Hello and welcome to episode 30. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone, and this is Journey to Organization. Um, it's the Asertime Tshuva, and uh, I have a little bit of a cold, so pardon me if you hear some sniffles in advance. Um, <clears throat> okay, this episode I've kind of been putting off for a while. Um, it's the procrastinator in me. For those of you who want to know, um, we're going to get a little personal this week. Um, I'm a huge, major, massive procrastinator. <laughs> um, being organized doesn't mean that you don't procrastinate. I, I, I'm always looking for a distraction, something so I can avoid doing the things that I really need to do. Um, as I said before, the way for me to combat that is that I make a schedule and I write down like a couple things each day that need to get done, and this way I stay on track. But in general, I definitely procrastinate. Um, a lot of ladies have called me and asked me about how I cook and um, how to eat, and um, I said I would do uh, a show with my husband and. Ladies, we're all grown-ups here. If you don't want me to do something, just leave me a voicemail and tell me. Like, it's okay. I'm happy to not do it. I just want your feedback. I want to do whatever you guys want to listen to. But tell me. I gave you plenty of opportunities to tell me. Um, so please, I'm here. I'm listening to what you guys are saying. If it's not something you want to hear, that's fine. But please tell me, you know, straight to my voicemail. Um... <clears throat> The reason that I wanted to do a show about cooking with my husband is because my husband does a ton of the cooking in the house. Now, he actually does mostly the baking and he prepares lunches for the kids. And I do like the Shabbos cooking and I make dinner during the week. But honestly, I usually make so much for Shabbos that most of the week we eat leftovers or we have just like light meals during the week. The kids' schedule is such that everybody's coming home at a different time and we don't always get to eat together. So I don't need to usually make like big fancy meals during the week. We're not, unfortunately, eating together most nights. But um, also my my husband, it's a thing here in Israel. Um, a lot of the companies serve lunches at work and my husband gets like a humongous for like seven shekels or something. He gets a humongous lunch at work. So... By the time he comes home, he's not hungry. My one son has basketball after school, and my other son has learning after school, and my daughter has jewelry making or whatever they have. And so everybody has a different schedule, and nobody's coming home at the same time. And so we just make like light dinners that are easy for everybody to warm up whenever they're worse. Um, but the thing is for me is that, um, I don't know, it's hard because, you know, you guys don't see me. So <laughs> it's not like I'm speaking to you in front of a in front of a live audience, you know, it's a recording every week. <clears throat> I, um, I try to take the food responsibilities out of my, out of my life. Um, food is a real issue for me and I don't like to be around it if I don't have to. I do like the basics of what I need to do just to provide for the family, but in general, if I had the money, the first thing I would do is have someone come in and cook for me every week. Um, you know, come in a couple times a week, prepare meals in, in containers, and, um, you know, 
leave it for me just to heat up or to eat because I can't, I can't stand uh, dealing with food. Um, one time I mentioned, and I got a lot of, f of flack for saying this, but I'm going to say it again um, because I think it will give you a better understanding for me. One of my favorite things about living in Israel is that in general, I mean, this year we had it, but in general, we don't have three-day Yom Tovs. And for me, that's huge because it gives me a chance to not focus on food. And I think that maybe when I said that, um, you know, some of the ladies were upset because, um, <clears throat> you know, it's an opportunity to have yentif and i get that but like for me the focus especially in my family growing up the focus on yantif was always around the next meal and it's such an like an unhealthy for me me i'm talking about me this is just my feelings and my um experience um it's such an unhealthy experience for me to like always be thinking about when the next meal is coming or planning it or thinking about food all the time. And it it just, it drains me. It makes things really hard for me. I definitely have a problem with food. I have to lose weight for sure. Um, I'm not a size zero. And I feel totally comfortable in my body, but it's not healthy and I definitely have a totally unhealthy relationship with food. And so for me, a three-day yontif is really, really, really terrible because I'm thinking about food because, you know, my kids are hungry. They're still little. They want to eat. Also, I'm thinking about having festive yontov meals. Um, and, you know, we always have guests. I can't not serve anything and i think that there's this expectation on yom tov that you need to have like a five course meal at every meal and planning that takes time and a lot of thinking about food and i just i don't like thinking about food which is why in our house especially the baking first of all i have zero patience for baking i don't know it's too like technical and precise and you would think as an organizer i would really enjoy it but to me the rigidness of baking takes all the fun out of baking for me. Uh, last Today is actually my, <laughs> my twin's birthday, and last night I made cupcakes for them, and it was so such an awful experience. I never, I really truly almost never bake anymore because my husband usually does it because he enjoys it so much. He really loves to bake. And like, I, he's out of town and I did it for my kids and I was happy to do it and spend time with him but it was just like do I have to measure the flour exactly gosh this is so tedious and of course I had a great time with my kids but it was all centered around food and that's so not healthy for me and I just I need to just step back and out of the kitchen and so that for me is why I really wanted to have a conversation with my husband about it because, or an interview with my husband, because he really handles it and he knows all the questions and I don't like to think about food. Now, I will tell you that in order to help myself, I've mentioned that I have an issue with my thyroid. And in order to help myself, um, actually my acupuncturist from New York, who if anybody needs an acupuncturist in Manhattan, Miriam is amazing. I totally love her. She is just great. She has a clinic in Midtown. On, I can't remember where now. She moved her office, I think, uh, 
54th and 6th Avenue. Anyway, if anybody's interested in her number, I'll be happy to give it to you. Um, you could tell her I sent you. Um, Miriam is amazing, and she gave me this book called Woman Code. And um, <clears throat> it's by Alisa Vidi. And Alisa has a, she's not Jewish, she's Italian. Um, but what I really love about her protocol is it's designed for people who have um, PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, sorry for veering off of organization today. Sorry, just as a side, sorry for veering off organization today. But uh, I think you'll find that a lot of these, I'm just answering basically the questions I got about food. And so I want to give you guys like a real history of where I'm at with food. Um, <clears throat> so Elisa has a protocol that she started because she had polycystic ovary syndrome, which is PCOS. And she developed a way to make her cycle more comfortable and and it's all through eating food. So if you want to turn your speakerphones off, now's a good time. I'm just going to explain how this works. You guys can get the book and decide if you want to follow this protocol or not. It's pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> basically, it's really easy if you go to the mikvah. Um, you sort of know where you are in your cycle. You adapt the food that you eat to where you are based in um, your cycle. So for the first... Uh, for the for the right after you go to the mikvah until like um, no for like the day before you go to the mikvah and like two days after there's one part portion to eat and then until you get your period again there's another portion and then there's a portion to eat when you have your period and then until you go to the mikvah there's a portion and obviously it's not written as you know this is when you go to the mikvah because she's not jewish but um it's pretty easy to figure out at what point you are in the cycle and actually eating in this way has helped me lose weight um it's helped my skin clear up it's helped me reduce my medication um it's really healthy you don't have to do anything special um <clears throat> excuse me you don't have to really do anything special except increase certain foods during certain parts of the month so for example um the week before you get your period you would increase your oatmeal um i think oatmeal i can't remember now off the top of my head i always i have i have the chart hanging up in my kitchen <laughs> i have a pretty bad memory about food especially i have a chart hanging up in my kitchen and i refer to the chart i every day i think where am i today and i just check the chart and i see what i need to eat and that has helped me tremendously because it puts me like on a schedule basically i have two juices every day i went to the local juice bar um, now this is also i guess this is organization i have automated um certain parts of my life so that i don't have to think about them and and i can focus on other parts of my life the things that i don't like doing so for example I have two juices every day. Um, I have a Vitamix blender, which was worth every penny. I bought a refurbished model directly from Vitamix, and it comes, the only thing that's refurbished is the motor, so there's no kashrut issue because they send you a brand new carafe and all the parts in the carafe are sealed. So getting a refurbished model is totally okay, you know, for kashrut, um, and it saves like a couple hundred dollars, and I have had my Vitamix for about six years i think it's worth every single penny i paid for it um but anyways and i use it all twice a day pretty much except for on chavez um 
it it I make a juice um, in the morning I have a green juice um, in the afternoon I have a juice a fruit juice depending on what fruits and vegetables are good for me to eat in that part of the cycle um, and then I eat like a sensible dinner and in between if I'm hungry which I often am I have like nuts or I have plain fruit or even regular food like I make great vegetarian chopped liver or I make gazpacho um, I make all sorts of things to help me um, minimize my hunger and um, it's really, really helping me. Now, in addition, I, I do exercise quite a bit, but um, it is helping me. And um, oh, so what I was saying was that I go to the local juice bar and I, I bought um, like 16 boxes or something because that's how they come <laughs> in a case like that. And um, I tell the lady who works there which section I'm in and she makes me every week a packet of green juices which stay the same every week and she adapts the fruits to the section that i'm in and so i'm always bulking up on those certain fruits and vegetables that are great for for that section of my month um for me that's been a really great way to manage my food issues and i let my husband I've begged my husband, and he does it willingly and happily, to please take some of the food responsibilities off of my plate so that I could um, heal myself and get a better relationship with food. And for me, that works. So, so I hope that gives you like a little bit more insight into why um, I wanted to do an interview with him. Um, <clears throat> I... Um, I love to talk to him <laughs> anyways, um, and he has tons to say, and he loves to cook. I thought it would be really informative for you, but if you don't want to hear it, that's that's fine. Um, I'll try to answer the questions that I got regarding food, um, but I hope that gives you a little bit more insight into how we sort of function in our family um, with cooking. Um, excuse me we definitely we both work so we have to divide the resources or the jobs if we want to ever spend time together so um that's our way of doing it and for me i don't mind going grocery shopping growing grocery shopping for me is actually i love grocery shopping um I don't know why it's maybe because it's like you know an hour by myself but <laughs> um i really love grocery shopping and i love the idea of nourishing my family with healthy great food but it's really 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 hard for me and um it's something that i definitely struggle with and this is my way of taking something off my plate allowing myself to focus on something that's better for me and asking for help and it's funny because a lot of the calls that i get are i have trouble with time management because i have a toddler and a baby and i touched on this last week i have a toddler and a baby and three other kids and i just don't seem to have any time and the thing is is like yes it costs me a fortune to have these boxes made up every week with fruits and vegetables pre-cut up in a you know sensible way it cost me money but to me 
it's worth the money because it's an investment in myself and it's something that I have trouble doing and so it's a way that I can ask for help. I don't need to be a hero. And ladies, you don't need to be a hero either. You need to ask for help when you need help or else you're gonna get burned out and not be useful to anybody. And we need to keep ourselves healthy. And um, so yeah, three-day yontif is really hard for me. And Rosh Hashanah was really, really challenging for me, thinking about food all the time. Now I try to get everything cooked in advance and I don't, make such fancy meals and my guests didn't even really notice because they weren't even so hungry <laughs> especially by like friday afternoon friday for dinner nobody was really that hungry anyways but the point is is that um where you need help ask for help that's part of being organized too is noticing where you're not good at things i mean Okay, if we do a simple um, equation about time versus efficiency, I think we'll find that if there's areas in our life that things that take us a long time to complete, what is our time worth? Now, I know a lot of ladies are not here, here listening are not working, but that doesn't mean that your time isn't worth something. Imagine how much you would get paid if you actually got paid. Um, and for those of you who do work, you can figure out how much you would get paid if you got paid, because you get paid. I know that I get paid X per hour, and for me, if I'm not good at something and something takes me an hour to do and I could be doing something better in that hour, it's worth it for me to pay to get it done. So for example, I know that food is hard for me. Okay, I could spend an hour prepping my fruits and vegetables, but it wouldn't take me an hour. It would take me two hours because I have to go shopping for everything and then I have to come home and prep it all and put all the boxes in the freezer and then pull out the boxes myself all week long. I could do that. That's true. But to me, it's worth the 200 shekel to have someone do it for me because A, it ends up being cheaper in terms of the produce because they get it cheaper and B, um, it's one less thing I have to do. I've asked for help. I've taken something off my plate. I have less responsibility. I have less decisions to make. And it makes everything else in my life easier. It's worth it for 200, 200 or 250 shekels a week, depending on the week. Uh, it's worth it for me to, to pay for something. The same way, if you need help with a babysitter, if you need an hour break to think for yourself, that's so much better to pay for a babysitter for an hour or a mother's helper or do a swap with your neighbor just so you can get an hour to think and clear your head or do something else that needs to get done. It's worthwhile. So, um, okay. I'm going to answer everybody's questions. When I went ahead and put them all together, they weren't uh, so many. Um, and I've answered some of them over time. So I'm just going to um, <clears throat> go ahead and answer all the food questions. I hope that what I just said gave you an insight a little bit more into me and how I function and how I think about things. Um, too often I see women who are disorganized not just because they have too much clutter, but because they never ever are willing to 
take something off their plate. They need to be a martyr. But ladies, we don't need to be martyrs. We don't need to die for the cause, okay? We need to live for the cause. And in order to live, sometimes we need help. So please, 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 please ask, ask, ask for help. It's so important. And don't discount yourself. Don't say you're not worth it. You're worth asking for help, whatever kind of help you need. If it's babysitting, if it's shopping, if it's cooking, if it's cleaning, whatever the help you need is, it's worth asking for. Okay. I'm going to get down from the soapbox now. Um, <clears throat> first question is, what is equal to a stick of margarine when I substitute coconut oil? So uh, I asked my husband and he said one to one. Um, you know, whatever you normally use for margarine, you should use in coconut oil. I make it a tiny bit less if I'm using it. I think it also depends on the state of your coconut oil. Um, Sometimes in the wintertime when it's cold in my kitchen and, you know, in Israel, we don't have central heating. So um, I have a heater in my kitchen, but I don't leave it on all the time because why should I waste the money? Um, and in the wintertime, I definitely notice my coconut oil solidifies. Um, sometimes it's really, really hard. Uh, sometimes it's not. Actually, in certain baking instances, like if you're substituting for butter in a pie crust, I think leaving it hard actually functions more like butter because they say when you put butter into a pie crust, um, you're supposed to leave it like in chunks because it melts through and evaporates and leaves like air pockets and that's what makes the dough like flaky and crispy. So you can treat coconut oil when you need it to be like cold. When you need the recipe to be cold butter, you can try to get coconut oil in um, solid form and if it's the summertime, you could just put it in the refrigerator. Um, if you want it to be liquid, tov, use it as liquid one for one. That's fine. Um, okay. A lot of ladies said that they had trouble keeping the coconut oil jar clean. Um, I find that if you sort of tip the jar slightly when you're removing, actually it removes drips. So if you hold the jar at a diagonal and pull the spoon out, it actually doesn't really leak so much, but I just keep a drawer schmatas and I wipe up the jar and it's fine. Um, <clears throat> if I don't eat a lot of meat, what do I eat and what do I feed my children? So now this is sort of the question that prompted me to give you my whole lecture beforehand. And, um, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I make meat for Shabbos meat or chicken for Shabbos, and definitely the kids are eating leftovers for part of the week. Um, a lot of nights we have breakfast for dinner. What's that you say? We have pancakes or we have eggs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just going to take a drink there. Um, um, we have pancakes, we have eggs. Um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes we have eggs like a couple times a week. Um, it's a really good protein. Um, I mean, there are people who say eggs are totally not healthy. I think, you know, with kids, eggs are a fast, easy, healthy dinner that they like. Um, pancakes. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I never give them hot dogs. Sometimes um, I try to give them like 
salads with beans or whatever, but that's not a big hit for them. And they don't really love soups either. So I'm still working on it. It's not a science yet. Um, I would say three nights are probably leftovers. So um, I don't actually eat that meat during the week, but the kids prefer it. And so, um, yeah, it works for us. I told you what I eat. I do the book by Elisa Vitti, and I manage through the um, through the cycle, uh, you know, whatever the food is on the list for that part of the cycle. Um, some of the foods are not kosher on the cycle, like she talks about pork or shellfish, um, but there are substitutes for those um, for those weeks, so it's fine. Um, like, you know, beans or other proteins that are fine. Um, oh, so this actually next question is, um, Shifra asked me, do, from Lakewood, do I make fish? Now, Shifra, I know you left me a voicemail this week too. Um, I couldn't hear it. You weren't speaking close enough to the phone. It wasn't clear what you were saying. So I know it was a long one, but can you please leave it for me again? Cause I just couldn't hear um, do I eat fish? Actually, Thursday night is fish night. We have a salmon for, for Thursday night. Um, and so, yeah, so eggs and fish. Yay. We do eat fish. Um, I just make it plain cause that's the way my kids like it. Um, hang on for one minute, ladies. Oh, okay. Done now. Um, <clears throat> sorry, got disoriented there for a minute. Um, I just make fish plain. Um, I just put some salt and pepper and some lemon juice on it. That's the way my kids like it. Now, I do have a recipe that's amazing. Um, I like lather up the fish with some um, honey and Dijon mustard, and I just brush it on. And then I chop up pecans like really fine, and I layer it on top of that. And I bake it, you know, however long for whatever the size of the fish is, about. 15 to 20 minutes, depending. I usually make like a whole side of salmon. So about <clears throat> 20 minutes um, at 200 or that's Celsius or 400-ish, uh, 375. Um, and that is like a huge favorite. Everybody loves it. It's super easy. It just takes a few minutes. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what we eat. Okay. So how to remove labels from glass jars. Um, this is tricky. Some labels are more difficult to remove than others. Usually I let them soak in boiling water and then I remove the jars and I mean the labels and then I schlep all the jars to the mikvah. <laughs> and it's uh, annoying, but I do give the jars away to my friends because all my friends are like, oh, I love your jars. So I save the jars from the coconut oil and from the honey because they're the biggest ones. And, um, I give them away and my friends actually really love that because now their cabinets are organized too. Um, and to the lady who said to me, my, <clears throat> my cabinets are always a mess because I just push everything back in. If you have containers that are all alike, it won't matter because they'll all just sort of nestle in each other and it won't matter really how you put everything back. So keep everything in containers. That actually keeps away the bugs. Um, and, uh, has a more organized look. Now, I don't buy containers. I reuse, you know, the jars from coconut oil or jelly or whatever. Um, but still, it looks nice and it's a, um, you know, synchronized look. 
Um, I know that someone asked me to put a picture of it on the website, and um, I will do that, Bezrat Hashem. Um, okay, what's the next question? Um, oh, Simi from Lakewood bought a big freezer. Oh, there's the bus. Bought a big freezer. How should she keep it organized? Um, that's a great question. Okay, you can't freeze glass. I haven't found a really great way. I do keep some things frozen in glass, um, but not liquids. So, um, like, actually, when I buy celery <laughs> for my chicken soup, um, I cut off, I soak all the leaves in vinegar, and then I cut off all the leaves, and then I freeze them. I soak the leaves in vinegar to kill the bugs. I check it, I, you know, wash it. And then I put all the leaves in the in the freezer in glass jars, and I use those for soup because it's a really great way to make sure you're not wasting, and the kids eat the regular part of the celery. Um, and I um, I do that in glass jars. Um, I freeze other fruits and vegetables in glass jars too. That's fine because it's not liquid, but the liquid for some reason makes the glass crack. I haven't really figured it out. I haven't found a way to do it. It doesn't matter if the liquid is cold. It doesn't matter if you fill it half full. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The liquid, I guess, just expands in such a way that it cracks the glass. So um, buy containers that fit together and I would say get a water-soluble um, crayon or pencil that you can mark everything, you know, the date you put it in, what exactly it is, so that nothing really gets shoved in the back. Um, and the water-soluble crayon or pencil just rubs right off when, you know, you're washing the container after you defrost it. So, Simi, I hope, I hope that helps you. Um, okay, the popcorn recipe. <laughs> Everybody loves our popcorn. In fact, all of my kids' teachers are like so... Every day, my kids bring a bag of popcorn that we make to school, and the kids' teachers are like, give me some of that popcorn. So it's a big hit. Um, we have about a four-quart pan, and I don't make this, so I just have watched my husband do it, but I always burn it. <laughs> I'm not that... That I consider baking. If he does it, it's baking. So <laughs> uh, baking is not my thing. Um, I um, I put the uh, like line the four quart pan uh, with a little bit of olive oil, and I put in um, a quarter cup, a quarter cup I think of. Um, popcorn kernels. I put the lid on and I let it go. When there's like, you know, more than five seconds in between popping, um, then you know that it's hard, like it's done. And if you don't get it off the fire soon, it's gonna, gonna, um, burn. But move it off the fire, leave the lid on for a few more minutes, another minute or two, because the heat and the steam will get those last few kernels that didn't pop um, before. Um, okay. 